Welcome to the Doubt Every Thought Podcast, showing you the simple way of returning to God through forgiveness, knowing thyself, and doubting every thought. If you've been looking for peace in life and want to be a part of the revival, you've come to the right spot. So sit back, relax, and return to God. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Doubt Every Thought Podcast. We are live. We're here to talk about how to be born again, have peace in your life, and what it's like to be a son or daughter of God. Today is October 13th, and I'm so glad that you're listening today. It is episode number 39, where we actually address a few of our viewer questions. We're going to be talking about the gut versus guilt, suggestion versus temptation, and the silent prayer. You know, there's a lot of people who are listening who actually have wonderful insights, and it'll actually happen to you too as you begin to know thyself, as you do the silent prayer, as you go and forgive, and God forgives you. You know, we're not here to convince you that I'm particularly right just really points you back to what is right, which is within, which is God. And we're building off of a lot of great people. Jesse Lee Peterson, Roy Masters, Eckhart Tolle, Jesus. (laughs) And we just want you to have a wonderful time in life. So if you want that simple life, that childlike mindset, you've come to the right spot. So we got 20, 30 minutes. Let's get this party started. Okay, episode 39, answering some of your questions, some topics you wanted us to cover. And if you got your own questions, you're listening and want some insights from DiveryThought.com, you can reach out to our team, let us know. You can contact us at contact at DiveryThought.com. You can go to our website, DiveryThought.com. You can ping our team on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And of course, if you're lucky enough to have my personal information, well, lucky you, You can just ping me and I'd love to hear from you what you realized or if you have any questions that you want answered on the podcast. So this is the first question. It's about the gut versus guilt. And this came from a viewer and she was having a great conversation this weekend and it was about social media and seeing all these possessed people just spewing anger and hatred and judgment and all this righteousness online. I think it's becoming more and more common or at least more and more visible. How about you? Have you noticed that too? And her question was kind of twofold. The first one is, you know, what do you actually do about this? You know, when you see unrighteousness being put online, when you see lies being spewed by children of the lie, as Jesse Lee Peterson would say, what should you do? Shouldn't I speak up if I disagree? Or is there really a point at all? And the second one that kind of ties into that first question is, you know, what if your gut instinct is telling you to do something and then you don't do it, and then later on there's this guilty feeling that you have. And she was wondering, why does this happen? You know, if I'm born again, if I have forgiven my parents for making me resent them as a child, if I'm doing the silent prayer every morning and night, and if I am doubting every single thought, how come I can feel this guilt? And how come I had that gut instinct? It, it doesn't seem like it's the right situation. So kind of to answer that twofold, for the people online who are just spewing that self-righteousness, The way that I view it is that many people can do that. They have the freedom to do that. And you can just let them do whatever they want to do. All you do is you just wish them well, whether it's an ex-girlfriend, someone who hates you, old relationships, old friendships, old family ships. If you've broken away and they're just angry at you or other people, they're possessed. You know, they're owned by their thoughts. And like we say in this podcast, those thoughts aren't from them. They're temptations that are coming from Satan. And so when you actually interface with those people online and you're going out there and you're trying to change their mind, you're really the one who is in the wrong. 
you're the one who is projecting yourself onto people. As many people say, unsolicited advice is ego advice, meaning that you're trying to prove yourself being one up as the one who's giving advice compared to everybody else who is one down in your eyes because you're judging them and you think that you're God, right? You think you know what is good and bad. You go back to the knowledge of good and evil back with Adam and Eve. So that's kind of the initial advice. You know, people who are in those mental states or they're in that belief or philosophy, just let them suffer. You know, when people actually want to wake up, when they want to find that son of God, they'll come to you and you'll be an example for them to be inspired by versus you just trying to write something back to them. That's kind of the first thing I would say. Whenever somebody's having a struggle online, just take a step back, relax, and live a good life. Now, the whole concept of gut and guilt kind of stems from that. In that initial instinct, you can have this gut feeling, and it's that godly feeling. It's a voiceless voice inside of you that's saying, hey, this is the moment to speak up. And in those moments, you will speak up. There's nothing to be afraid of. Now, sometimes I will say there is an exception that when you have forgiven your parents, when you are knowing thyself by doing the silent prayer and you are doubting every single thought, when you're first coming out of that state, there's going to be moments where temptations will get by you. And temptations, of course, are thoughts. Thoughts to believe that you are God, you know what is right and wrong. And when they get by you, you may all of a sudden just feel that guilt and you won't know where it came from. And in reality, it's just something that you've habituated for most of your life. You know, most of your life you have believed the thoughts that have told you that sound like you, that are telling you that you should feel guilty about not speaking up or being a good person. And really understand that you combat that by having patience. You literally sit, if you feel that guilt, just acknowledge it, say, oh, got caught up, not a big deal, and just move on to the next thing. What happens with guilt is that you're believing the thought, it comes into you, You then feel it. Then the next temptation is to say, look, you actually feel guilty. The feeling is yours. You are the one who should be feeling that way. And I find that interesting because Satan will tempt you with these thoughts and they will sound like you from time to time. You know, the voice that you hear inside your head when you're arguing with yourself sounds kind of crazy when I say it out loud, right? But when you're talking to yourself in your head and you're having that fictitious conversation, realize that you're not talking to yourself. (laughs) you are definitely talking to something else and you should understand that it's not you and that the real you isn't something that you negotiate with isn't something that you argue with it's really just something that is calm and peaceful and reflective the difference between a gut and a guilt feeling is one comes from within and one comes from without so you could probably guess that the gut instinct that you have is coming from within And it's not a judgmental voice that is saying, oh, you should speak up because you're holy. The gut instinct that you have is really just something that's saying, hey, you know, this is probably the way you should be moving. You know, I would recommend going this way. And geographically in your body, that gut instinct is usually located in your stomach region, sometimes a little bit lower, kind of like intestinal region. Now, in comparison, that whole guilty feeling you may get, I want you to reflect on a time when you felt guilty in your own life for not doing something that you think you should have done. Kind of feel it right now, right? You can feel it. And I want you kind of to reflect right now, where did that originate from? Usually you'll find that the guilt that you feel isn't coming from up from underneath you, like bubbling up inside of you. You'll actually feel the guilt coming from outside of you in. 
kind of like a molasses moving towards you and then it just kind of infects you. And the other thing you may notice too is that the temptation or voice or thought that is trying to make you feel more guilty, it's usually inside of your head. And I think that's a key insight here when it comes to gut versus guilt, God versus Satan. God is from within. He doesn't actually act inside of your head. It's usually a revelation that you feel from your body. It's obvious. It's instinctual. It's righteous. Now, on the other side, you have Satan. He's coming from the outside in. You'll actually notice that most of the interactions happen in your head, in particular your forehead. And as you do that silent prayer, you'll see it more and more. But if you catch yourself getting caught up with guilt and you catch yourself getting a little mixed up between the gut instinct and then feeling guilty for not following the gut instinct, just don't judge yourself. Create that distance. Move along. Don't disappear into the past. Don't disappear into the future. And for those online who just want to spew hatred or anger or self-righteousness or being passive-aggressive, just wish them well and be an example for them upon the world. And so that was the first question we got. Let's take a short break and we'll get into the second question that we have, I think, which is about suggestion versus temptation. So we'll be right back on the Dive Your Thought Podcast. Thought episode 39, some viewer questions. The first one we talked about, I think, gut versus guilt. I like that one. Great insight. This one is about suggestion versus temptation. So who do you think is God and who do you think is Satan in those examples? Well, if you're a son of God, you'll understand that uh, suggestion is from God. Temptation is from Satan. So that's really the answer I want to give. But here's some background. was approached by a friend, had a great insight. He was kind of wondering, okay, if I'm not my thoughts, if I'm not the 6,000, 60,000 thoughts in my head, who am I? And how do I know which voice I should be listening to? This is ridiculous. And he actually went back and thought for a little while and came back to me with a quick answer. And he says it was suggestion versus temptation. And so in this short example, I want to kind of give you an insight that this individual gave me. And it was about how God speaks to you in a voiceless voice, but it's really a suggestion that comes to you while Satan comes to you through thoughts and he comes to you through temptation. So here's some quick definitions. Temptation is a cause or occasion of enticement, allurement, lure, seduction. Very emotional, right? While suggestion is an idea or plan put forward for consideration or recommendation or proposal. And you know, this concept is how I see the voiceless voice. You know, some people call it the Holy Spirit that's within you, that's kind of in your gut area physically, in the physical realm. And it'll speak to you in suggestions. You know, it'll speak to you through that inner voice that is the real you. And it won't really say that you have to do something, and it doesn't tell you that one thing is bad or good. You know, but it definitely doesn't say, hey, if this doesn't work, then you'll fail. That's the temptation. It says things more like, hey, you know, you probably shouldn't do this. 
It's not an intense voice. It's more just a heads up. And think of this analogy as a kid driving a car in the fog and he's driving a bit too fast. And if we're above him and we can see him, we see that there's a cliff up there or there's a bunch of trees or there's an impediment where he's going to crash the car if he keeps on going too fast. Now, what you'd want to do in that particular moment, if you could whisper into his ear, some people who are in that fallen state would whisper in his ear and just start freaking out. They'd say, you're going to crash. Things are going to be horrible. You need to listen to me right now. Now, when anybody does that to you, and if they've done that to you for a very, very long time, what's your normal response? Well, of course, it's not to listen to them. Why would you? You can tell that they're being emotional. They're projecting their ego onto you. They're trying to traumatize you, make you feel panicked. And so, of course, you ignore it. In this analogy, the kid would ignore your voice that you would have whispered in his ear, would have crashed his car, and guess what? It's your fault. How dare you? (laughs) So that's the concept of the temptation in this analogy. Now, let's take a step back. Let's do that same story again. The kid's driving the fog. He's driving too fast. You see an impediment in the future. He's going to crash. Now, if you are just going to offer him suggestions, what would you say? You know, you'd probably say, hey, you're probably probably a good idea to slow, slow down, buddy. So you can see where you're going, so you can navigate yourself. So when you see something, you can stop in time. Or you just say, hey, man, you should probably turn left a little bit. It's not a voice that screams and calls you stupid for driving fast or slow or right or wrong. It, it just says suggestions. It sits back, gives you the suggestion, and you can choose to either follow it naturally or you can choose to not follow it and think that you know what's best for yourself. That's how I kind of see it. That's the difference between temptation and suggestion. And the one thing about temptation, too, is that it's actually everywhere. And you need to understand that at the core of temptation is thoughts. You know, many times when people begin to wake up, they begin to see physical realm things as the temptation. You know, they'll say that it's coming from outside. It's a physical thing. It's like the pornography that's tempting me. It's the woman that's tempting me with wine and good food. It's the man that's tempting me with the promise of a family and a future as long as I sleep with him. You know, it's an appeal to having a lot of money or a job that's respectful. And that's getting there. You're almost there, guys. But you need to understand that the actual temptation isn't the physical object. It's actually one step removed. It's the thought that is offered to you to judge what is happening in front of you. Really reflect on that. It is the thought that is the true temptation. We are spiritual beings in a physical realm. The physical things all around us are not the temptations. Sounds a little surprising at first, but really reflect on it. If there, let's say you're not a heroin addict and there's a heroin needle and you see it, because you don't have this habituated action, you don't even feel the need to do it. You don't believe the thoughts that are telling you, oh, look, there it is, I should take it. But if someone who has believed their thoughts before, they see the heroin needle, they're heroin addict, the thoughts in their head is tempting them saying, hey, this is the thing you have to do right now. And they believe it, they go do it, and they suffer because of it. And similarly in your life, this has always been the case. It is not the physical realm thing. Just because one thing is a temptation to one person doesn't mean it's a temptation to another. And that's because they've been offered different thoughts on the same physical realm. Pretty mind-blowing, right? There's one object in front of you that you consider a temptation, but for somebody else, it's not even close to being a temptation. And the reason why is because the thoughts that are offered to them by the great Satan is different for you 
and the person next to you. Satan customizes all the temptations in your world just for you. He knows your greatest weaknesses, and he tries to use it against you. But once you become born again, once you stop judging, once you doubt every thought, once you really know who you are, and you have patience, Satan can't really do anything. The other thing I want to mention, too, is kind of the location of suggestion versus temptation. When you've had thoughts, the temptation is inside your head. You'll believe the thought. Many times people think like the temptation is in your body, whether it may be your stomach or your genitals, wherever it may be. They'll say that, oh, that's where I'm feeling the temptation. But you need to realize that before the excitement happened, you believed the thought. You believed something that was true. Really reflect on that. It's not your stomach that was gurgling because it saw something. It's because you saw something, a thought was offered to you, and you believed it. And it's not a big deal. Just admit it. <laughs> it's not a problem. And if you're actually born again, you're already perfect and you're shedding these things away. So don't judge yourself. So I found this fascinating to look at the difference between suggestion versus temptation. Temptation comes from the outside. It's thoughts. And suggestion comes from the inside. It's just kind of a small voice points in the right direction. It's kind of quiet. And that's the main difference. So if you're beginning to wake up and you need some help in understanding what is that voice of God and what is this voice of Satan that you talk about, kind of see it in a suggestion versus temptation realm and how it's all spiritual. And in part number three, let's get to the third question, which I think is actually about the silent prayer. And I thought this one was good too. So we'll be right back on the Doubt Every Thought podcast. Alrighty, episode number 39 of the Diary Thought Podcast. This is about your questions, the viewers. Submit them anytime, guys. I'm always here to listen and provide my own insights too. And this one is about the silent prayer. So to give some context, if you're new, three simple steps to return to God. Right, Forgiveness, which is admitting that you're not God. And you do that by going to your parents and forgiving them for making you resent them as a child. And then God forgives you. Right, You go to your parents to forgive them. It's not you asking them for forgiveness. Step two is knowing thyself, and it's about the silent prayer, which is what this question is about. And really, all you're doing is splitting the difference between the you and the not you, the God and the Satan. And the third step, of course, is to doubt every single thought because it's not you coming outside of you. It's Satan just trying to tempt you to make you judge others or judge yourself. So this particular question is about that second step of knowing thyself, and it's about that silent prayer. So I got the message here and I wanted to give my insights, but really this individual really gave the answer themselves. Just kind of like they'll ask a question and what will happen is over time, if you don't just try to answer it immediately and you say, hey, why don't you go reflect on that and see if you can figure out the answer. I'm amazed with the answers that people come back to me with. I mean, this includes, includes everybody, man. It's young and old men and women. If you actually reflect and know for yourself, you can really get ahead. You know, sometimes it takes time, but that answer is also more meaningful that you find because it's been revealed to you from the inside out instead of being told by somebody else. So here's the question. It's on the silent prayer, and it goes like this. If the silent prayer is the ideal way of prayer, 
Why does the Bible bring up the topic of us talking, sharing, and conversing with God? You know, is there like a balance between the two? And how should one really have a conversation with our Heavenly Father? It's a great question. Pretty interesting, right? You know, I found this one good, and I also appreciated their response, which I'll talk about in a second. But really reflect on this. You know, if the silent prayer is the ideal way to do it, why does it say you should be in conversation with God throughout the day? You know, how should you be having that conversation? Should you be hooping and hollering? Should you be actually talking out loud? Should you be closing your eyes in front of everybody and saying, oh, dear God, please help me with this math problem. Or dear God, help me with this business proposal I'm working on. When, you know, what do you think the answer is here? Again, the question, if the silent prayer is the ideal way of prayer, why does the Bible bring up topics of us talking, sharing, and conversing with God? Is there like a balance between the two? And how should one have a conversation with our Heavenly Father? And so here's kind of the answer that they gave. The more you disconnect from something that isn't God, you naturally begin to speak with God. It's like an automatic reaction to the situation at hand. So, I mean, over time, you won't need to pray out loud as you're becoming more and more connected to him by disconnecting from the not him, the judgment and belief that you're, you are your own God. And so that the answer is that, you know, when the two, which is God and you, become one, the distance between you two disappears and you rediscover that connection and then you are with God and will always be in prayer with him. So you actually don't have to talk out loud or continually reach out to him because he'll always be there. You'll be always connected to him. You'll always be in continual prayer with no interruption. And they also added that uh, during the silent prayer, it's not that it's not like they're discovering new truths. It's really just revealing what they've always had known, rediscovering who they are underneath all the previous stuff that they had become when they fell away from God. Now, I think this is a great insight. When you become a son or daughter of God and you start doing the silent prayer, it's not that you are reconnecting with God, like forcing this connection, like you're the one plugging into him. All that's happening is that you are unplugging yourself from Satan. And as you unplug yourself, you will naturally be bathed in God's love and reconnected to the source of who he is. This isn't about me being the one seeking God and me finding him and me connecting to him. It's just me knowing that I am not God. That's how you become reconnected to the source. I thought it was just such a great insight, something I didn't even think about. How it's not like, you know, there's God, me in the middle, and Satan. It's really just your connection and you become one with God. So that's it, guys. Those are the three questions we had this week. I get them all the time. I'm trying to sift through them, make sure they're not too personal, make sure we talk about the right things at the right time. And it's just amazing once you begin to wake up that you really see how many sons and daughters of God are actually out there who have these questions, who have this yearning for being born again, and maybe are beginning to understand that most of the institutions out there are kind of misleading you, especially when they're taking all your money. <laughs> so kind of summarize what we talked about so far today, gut versus guilt, the whole concept of how gut was within you and guilt's outside of you, the suggestion versus temptation, you know, the whole idea of how God is really suggestion, Satan is all temptation, and then also about the silent prayer and becoming one with God. You know, they're fascinating topics that people tend not to ponder and really reflect on. And if you look in the Bible, it does say, you know, think on these things. Don't think on what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to live, what you're going to do. 
Think on these things, these holy questions. And over time, you'll find yourself to be such an insightful person if you really get to know thyself. You know, in my own experience too, I'm light years from where I was before, since I think it was January of 2020. And you'll realize just how amazing things can become. And as Jesse Lee Peterson would say, you ain't seen nothing yet. So as always, go and forgive your parents, know thyself with a silent prayer, and doubt every thought, and you too can return to God. And if you don't, well, I wish you well and you can suffer and die, but trust me, it's totally worth it, guys. And thanks so much for listening to the Die Without Podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Have a great day and take care.